0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode,
1: it's Manhood Part Three: Theology of Men continued.
0: All right, well, welcome back, Uh, Brian. How's it going, man? How are you?
1: It's going good. I'm amped. I'm ready to go. Good. Yeah. Talk about some theology of men. We left on a cliffhanger last week. Yeah, it was a downer.
0: Of... Yeah, Last week was a downer. It's like, guys, we are terrible. We talked about <laughs> the
1: created purpose of man. We talked about how sin has entered the world and we have failed because of sin. That's right. We are fallen men. Uh, but there is hope.
0: There is hope, and that's why to, this this week is going to be amazing because we're going to get into the topic that changes everything. And so um, this is th- this is what we need. And so we're going to be talking about the idea of the redeemed man. And so uh, there are plenty of, of things that we can look to in Scripture to. Understand what it looks like to be a redeemed man. Yeah,
1: it's what does manhood look like in light of the gospel, right? And so, so we're, we're
0: recapturing God's
1: original exactly purpose. Still living in a fallen world, how do we how do we do
0: all that? That's right. And so we're going to look to two people specifically. Um, the first, and hopefully you knew we were going to go here. Uh, you know, if you didn't know we were going to go here, then then uh, yeah, yeah, stick with us. Uh, we're talking about Jesus, right? He is actually the the man who redeems all men, um, but he is the archetype of what it looks like to be the redeemed man.
1: Yeah, that's right. Jesus is our Savior and Lord. We put our faith in him, and it's by grace we are saved. Uh, The work that he did on the cross, uh, dying on the cross, rising from the grave, you know, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, we will be saved. So for those men that have placed their faith in Jesus, we are saved. We are redeemed. Yeah. Jesus has uh, saved the fallen man from our sin.
0: That's right. Cause he did what Adam could not do. He perfectly, that's part of, you know, the temptation in the wilderness. That's part of um, what Jesus was showing is that he could do what Adam couldn't do. He could do what Israel couldn't do right. because he was, uh, the the true man, the perfect man um, he was God in the flesh and so um, he then gives us that salvation so he saves us from ourselves right. right He saves us from our our own failures and makes us something that we couldn't be on our own right
1: and so then you know as as we as we are redeemed men mm-hmm. coming to faith in Jesus, we look to him though as an archetype to say, How do we live in this new reality? Yeah, that's right. That's what Jesus represents. He is the savior, but he's also our teacher. He's yep. our master. And so we look to him and say, What does it mean to live in this redeemed state? Yep. So we have to examine his life. What are that's a couple of right. things that that we that jesus helps us to realize
0: well so first thing i want to talk about is that he is the perfect representation of god's character okay but but the thing is about this is there are some inaccurate views okay a lot of times when you talk about jesus in the world and you ask like if you just go out and interview people on the street who is jesus what is he like and they'll tell you some of his character traits and they kind of look to one side or the other right Like sometimes it's only grace, only love, only acceptance, only just he minimizes sin. Yeah,
1: this is probably the most common thing. People want to paint Jesus as sort of this um, weak, you know, just kind Mm -hmm. of all accepting, all loving type character that uh, really uh, is just forgiving of everything, which he is, but not not accepting of (laughs) like... Not forgiveness in the biblical sense, but right. but forgiveness and acceptance of of someone continuing yes. in their sin. Yeah, it's when like that's not what Jesus. It's like it's like they they
0: think of him as being somebody who condones yes. sin and is just like I simply accept people. And don't do anything to change people. Right. And right. so, but then you have the opposite side where it's just like, he's only strong. He's just, he's righteous. He cha- he chases out the money changers in the temple. You know, he's, he's, you know, waging war on sin and he's going to come back one day and, you know, slaughter thousands of unrepentant sinners in the last day. He's just yeah. this mighty warrior <clears> guy.
1: This is, uh, this is less viewed today. And I think it yeah. probably the, the harsher judgment and the the hellfire and brimstone was several years ago mm-hmm. uh, in our in our church history, but that is a that is a view. There was a really harsh reality that that <clears throat> Jesus was gonna was you know you were gonna be judged. He's the yep. great judge,
0: well, and I think a lot of the way people feel about Jesus today is really a reaction to some of those things. Mm-hmm. I think we you know that's kind of how it usually works. There's a pendulum swing yes. and and popular opinion on stuff, and and the problem is is that's just not who Jesus is in in whole like you, you've got to see the whole picture of who Jesus is through the scripture he really is both right we can't be on the pendulum swing we've gotta we've got to see him right down the middle
1: yeah Jesus is gentle he's also strong he loves but he's also a judge he, he loves and forgives and saves but he also will judge those that that do not follow and believe yeah so it's it's all of those things it's strong and loving yeah. It's it's meek and and um, and strength, you know, it's yeah. it's all of those things.
0: That's one of the things. Uh, this is kind of a throwback to, you know, we talked about the chosen. That's one of the things I love about the series, the chosen. Mm. I think that they find that balance. They, they, I think, they show the biblical Jesus very well. You see this gentle. Jesus, who's also really strong. You don't want to mess with Jesus, but you also know you can trust him with your life. And so uh, that is really important for us to understand who Jesus is, um, because a godly man, somebody who is transformed by the gospel, is supposed to be like Jesus in both of those ways, in both sides of this this uh, reality. He needs to stand for truth and love. But he also needs to show mercy to everyone, but he's going to stand his ground and he's not going to give in when it comes to matters of faith.
1: That's right. And so I think these are some of the key characteristics that we see in Jesus, but there's one that rises above all, that that puts all this together. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the, the, the loving, the gentle, we talk about those things, we talk about the strong and the judge. Everything is brought together in one key characteristic of Jesus, and that is humility. Yeah. And that is the thing that Jesus supremely embodied, was was someone who was humble. And godly men must learn to be humble. Yeah. You know, look at Jesus' example. He washed the disciples' feet as an act of humility. He died on the cross for our sins when he didn't
0: deserve it. I mean, he embodies humility humility and so we and, must learn this humility. And the thing is about this is why the reason why he was so humble was because the the reality about who Jesus is is so grand, you know? And and so to go from the grand nature of being God and then coming down and taking on servitude, that is a humility. It's it's one thing to be humble simply because you know you can't do something. It's another thing to be humble, even though you know you can do something.
1: Right, mm-hmm. and know, knowing that you have all the strength and the yeah. power. It's like uh, it was true. He could have on the cross. He could have called down the legions of angels to save him in that moment, but, but he, he didn't. He remained humble because he knew he had a job to do. Yeah, you know C.J. Mahaney in in the book Humility says humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. Yeah. It's realizing who we are in the in the gospel and seeing that how much God loves us, seeing our circumstances, being honest
0: with our reality and and seeking to to live that out. Dude, isn't that so important for m- men today? Like don't do you see do you agree? I'm kind of uh postulating a little bit. Don't you agree that with us guys, one of the problems that we have is just not being willing to recognize who we really are, right. not being willing to say where we are weak, not being willing to say, I am strong here, but that doesn't make me better than somebody else. Like we just can't own the fact that we can't do something. Yeah, you know? So
1: much inside of us, whether it's pride or insecurity or uh, just just an inability to understand our strengths and weaknesses and be secure in that and be OK with that. Being willing to be vulnerable. I mean, that, that, a lot of that keeps men from truly fulfilling all that God wants them to do.
0: Yeah, it's funny. When you see a humble man, you see a secure man. You said it like you're, you're insecure when you're prideful, but when you're humble you're actually really secure. Right. You you don't have this fear of you know performing for other people because you know you know that Jesus already did everything for you right. and he has given you all the righteousness you'll ever need. I think one of the keys to this is understanding what
1: Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, where he says if anyone wishes to follow me, he must deny Himself and take up his cross, and and follow me. You know, I I think when Jesus said that, he was really speaking to his disciples, but saying this is what humility looks. like. This is how it's lived out in your daily walk. You yeah. don't claim your rights. You don't uh, you don't rest in your your who you think you are or your own identity. You are now resting in the identity that Christ That's has right. given you. That's right. You don't seek your own will, your own ways, and so <clears throat> we we are to deny ourselves, forget ourselves, our desires, our wants. We are to take up our cross. This is kind of a a really stark picture. You know, even before Jesus went to the cross, he was saying this. Yeah. Think about this, to pick up your instrument of death, Mm -hmm. carrying it to your impending death. Now, Jesus is not telling us to go literally die for him. There may be some that he's calling to be martyred, and, and there are many people around the world that are suffering in that way. But even if we're not, there is a call on our lives to daily take up our cross, carry that, and sacrifice and suffer in a humble way for our Savior.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, And, and it is interesting. Like you, you just live out your life for Him. You, you're dying to yourself daily, and that could look like any number of things. Um, but yeah, you never know. You never know when it, it, it could turn into a call to lay down your life for Him, um, whether it's just through... Acts of service and tragic accidents, or you know, being being in a context where people hate Christianity and are going to take it out on you. Um, but the thing is, is you'll never be the type of man that can be strong enough to lay down your life in those instances if we're not practicing this in our daily routine and humbling ourselves daily. And that's really you can't you can't be saved. Would you agree with this? You cannot be saved. If well, you do not humble yourself and and come to Jesus,
1: right, the act of salvation is is humbling. Right, yourself. exactly. It's you, something that
0: God does in your heart. So I'm not saying we do it. No, no. But I it's something that happens that. to when us. When we
1: come to when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, He becomes our Savior and Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like, okay, Jesus, save me from my sin, save me from hell. It is an act of submitting yes. ourselves to Him. We, we say we say Savior and Lord. Lord, Lord is very important because. Yeah. He is our master. Yeah, that's right. And so we submit ourselves. We bend the knee to Jesus to say, now you are my Lord. I am here to serve you. And for the rest of my days, I am yours. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what a lot of people, people in general miss that men miss that as well. Yeah. And so we need to seek after humility and understand that um, it's not about us. That's right. It's not about us. It's about serving the lord which works its way out in many different ways serving our family serving our community serving our church it's it's all about how we how we serve those around us in humility.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is something that Christ does in us. He is the true man and he redeems us men and makes us into what we couldn't be on our own. But then there's a one really great example in the new Testament. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were actually talking about him in our Wednesday Bible study recently. Um, the guy, Paul, we know yeah. Paul in the Bible. I um, wish we had
1: time to just dive into his I life. Know, because I know. It's so amazing. He, he does, embody what the redeemed man looks like uh you know we look to jesus as he's perfect you know but paul being a guy like us right who is just um
0: a guy who's gotten saved and given his life to the lord to do whatever god would want him to do a lot of times you feel the the comp out like yeah well i'm gonna be like jesus but jesus with god so you know and it's like yeah okay but here's paul paul was you know a pharisee hated christians absolutely against Jesus, like in every possible way. Mm -hmm. And then he had an encounter with Christ and it was like a 180 degree turn. And then you see Paul just being an amazing man of God. It's just mind blowing. So I
1: I think this uh, verse in 1 Corinthians 16 that we're going to focus on is based on his life. It's based on all that God has taught him and God has led him through. So it says, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men be strong
0: let all you do be done in love you know sometimes you just need somebody to to tell you the way it is you know it's like it's like just be on alert stand firm in the faith act like men be strong you know it's like sometimes you just need to hear somebody say that to you yeah i don't know why because you know that but you just need and god is here through paul telling us hey men stand firm on christ mm-hmm. Look out, watch your life, but be a man. Yeah, You can do it. You can be a man. That's right. Be yeah. a man. Let's break this down here and look yeah. at a
1: couple of things here. The first thing is to be watchful. Um, when we let our guard down, that is when we fail. That is when the the, the the temptation comes. You know, the Bible says in John 10, 10, it compares Satan to a lion that is prowling and waiting to yeah. kill us. And yeah. I think about those nature shows mm-hmm. where the lion is stalking the prey. And it always goes after the weakest. If yeah. there's a if there's a baby gazelle or an injured gazelle, it's gonna take that out first. It's mm-hmm. easy prey. That's right. We cannot be easy prey. Right. We have to we have to be watchful. We have to be encouraged to be that person that is always watching their life and being on alert because Satan is looking for every time to- men, he's looking for opportunities. to destroy your life, to destroy your family, to destroy your church. He is looking for those opportunities.
0: Yeah. And, And one of the things about this, and man, I'm like, this is right. Like, I need to hear this. Okay. You know, it's like when you're stressed out, that's like, you getting injured, you know, you're, you're the injured prey here because you've got this stress that's bothering you and you're focused on that. And so what happens when you're stressed out? Well, you know, temptation comes and when you're not strong, you fall. And so we've, we, we got to realize that stress is a part of the battle and we've got to watch out for that. And we have to stay vigilant because we can't, we can't, first of all, we can't be perfect, but we can turn to Christ. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like
1: we have to bear this, this, um, this burden of perfection. Right. And that's just not true. We surrender to Christ. Now that also means we don't just, we don't uh, fall, fall to like every sin and right. everything and let it just have its way. We've got to, again, turn to Christ and let him lead us through all of these things, making sure we're staying in His Word, that we're prayed up, those are the weapons that we have to combat Satan.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. And hey, so... I want to
1: talk about a watchman for a minute. Mm-hmm. What does the watchman do? You know, he's thinking about maybe in a city that has walls, and there was a watchman that would be up all. There would take different shifts. They would be there to watch for an, an oncoming attack and they would raise the alarm. Yeah. Whenever they saw an army or saw something uh, coming at them, they would raise the alarm to summon the troops. And so we have to be like this in our life and know and be able to look around and know what are those temptations? Where are those dangers coming from? Where is where is culture or Satan or the world trying to attack Our faith, our church, our family, Mm -hmm. even my own self. Yeah. We have to be vigilant at all times.
0: Yep. It's like you cannot... The thing is about this is like, it's almost like guys are just living their lives thinking that, you know, we all struggle with this, that... There's not a battle going on mm-hmm. because there's no like actual gunfire, or there's no actual sword play. But the thing is, is we're not waging war in flesh and blood, we're waging war and within in the spirit and and with you know, uh, against the devil. Mm-hmm. And so, this is spiritual warfare, but you're in a battle, mm-hmm. guys. Like, and here's the thing like, you can fight, you can actually have victory, but you got to remember that you're in a battle, and so you don't, you don't. You know, guys in World War One weren't in the trenches, you know, waking up in the morning and, you know, stretching and being like, Oh, it's a beautiful day. Where's the eggs and bacon? They were like hunkered down, ready to fight all the time. Right. And um, and the thing is, is we can be empowered by Christ to do this. So it's not all up to you. But you gotta remember you you and your brothers are in a battle together. So when your brother when your brother in Christ is talking about their life remember that you've got to have their back. You know, a lot of times I think about it, like, and Brian, like, you know, even we think about it. If you go into somewhere and you're with your friend and like you see somebody acting up, you know, like guys always tend to be like, okay, what are we going to do in this situation if we got to, if we gotta Why you don't got to fight? You got my back? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got my back. Okay. Let's get ready yeah. for this. Well, and I Why think, don't we act like that in our yeah, spiritual life? I
1: think that's so important that men think about, um, making sure they have an accountability partner or a discipleship group or something that they're involved in to help them. Because here's the thing. It is, it is not realistic to think that I can be the watchman all the time. In fact, there was never one watchman. They took shifts. Mm -hmm. And so if I can help my brother and if I see an area where he's starting to slide or see a temptation or, or, or an attitude or action, that's not godly, I can hold him accountable and help him. And be a watchman in his life and him in my life. Exactly. Men need accountability. Mm-hmm. They need some sort of discipleship group or something of just a couple guys, one or a couple of guys yep. that they can share the details of their life with and the temptations of life and draw strength for one another.
0: Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. <laughs> so we must
1: be watchful. What's the second thing? Yeah, we,
0: we've we got to stand firm in our faith. Uh, we need to stay focused on the rock of our salvation. And and we find out about this from the word of God, not from the shifting sand of culture and what other people tell you men are supposed to be. Um, we look to the word of God because truth is relative in our world today. That's right. People think truth doesn't exist. They think it's whatever you think. So basically people are saying, when somebody says, you know, your truth, what they're really saying is your opinion. Mm-hmm. And they're simply trying to make opinions Facts, yeah, and and it doesn't work out very well. Yeah,
1: I love the the parable that Jesus says about how to where to build our life on the rock, not on the sand. Mm-hmm. You know, if we build our life on our own way, our own thinking, the way of the world, the way of culture, it's like we're building it on sand. And when the storms of life come, it will be it will be gone. You know, great I, is
0: I, its fall. I yeah. think I
1: mentioned this before. We did that mission trip down in uh, Texas. And I remember going down there and seeing after the hurricane had come through and that the the houses on the beach were just gone. Yeah, yeah. There were just stilts sticking up. The houses were gone. And that made me think, if I build my life on the sand, it's going to, it, mm-hmm. it's going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, if I build it on the rock of the word of God, mm-hmm. that's the only way I can stand when the temptations of life, when the struggles of life, when the trials of life come, that is the only way
0: yeah that's here's another analogy a way to think about that this idea of the shifting sands of culture Uh, I used to go to the beach at the Outer Banks all the time it's a long strip of islands and they have roads that go down it you got the ocean on one side the sound on the other every year it seemed like there a hurricane would come through destroy everything and they would have to redo the road every single year and so one of the things about this guys is if you feel like your life is constantly having to be rebuilt like you're constantly having to fix everything all the time nothing is ever sturdy you might be on sand Mm. you might not be living according to god's word and holding on to christ and so you can have freedom from that constant tension of feeling like you have to rebuild your life all the time right because if you just build your life on jesus then then all of that shifting sand goes away and it doesn't right. matter anymore. And,
1: and we're not saying that that building your life on Christ and, and faith is easy. No. Standing firm in your faith is not easy because if so, everyone would do it. Right, yeah, you wouldn't have
0: to be reminded of that. right? <laughs> uh,
1: but here's the thing. We are called to do that, and that means that whatever... It means that we are called to live by God's standard in our lives, to stand firm. Mm-hmm. When the culture comes against us and says, this is right and you are wrong, we have to stand against it. When, when we are tempted in our life, for instance, in business, when we're tempted to do the right thing or the wrong thing, we must pick the right thing. Yeah. When we're called in our in our families to to lead our families or to let let culture or let our wives or let whoever mm-hmm. lead. We must step up, and this is what it means to stand firm in our faith.
0: Yeah, this is this is the thing. the The world is trying to tell men how to be men, and it's funny because they don't they don't know what it means to be a man because right. Jesus is the one true man, and they don't like him. And it's the thing about being a man is uh, the best time to be a man is when somebody else is telling you not to be mm-hmm. a man that's, and that's, that's when you need to be a man. And, uh, we're, you know, we're going to get to act like a man in just a minute, but there's this other verse in Ephesians, uh, six, uh, 13, where Paul is talking about, um, how, how do you stand firm? Right. He says, put on the armor, put on the armor, the whole armor of God. And you know, something about the armor of God, somebody said recently, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast yet or not, but, um, there's no armor for your back. Hmm it's only in your front the shield the the breastplate the helmet yeah. it's all for the front it's it's you know it's stand firm in the faith don't turn around right. don't run away hmm. don't leave jesus um, because that's when you're going to get shot in the back.
1: Yeah, I like that. Verse thirteen says, uh, Ephesians six: Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. The only way we stand firm in our faith is in Christ, on God's word, that's and we right. must continually renew our faith in that way. Yeah. But being a man, a godly man, is called to stand. Yeah. We can't run away. We can't shirk our responsibilities. We have to do what's right, even when right is hard and difficult. Yeah, that's right. So the third thing here is act like men. Yeah, Paul just simply says, Says. (laughs) act like men. You know, this is extremely important because there's a cultural thing today. Men are very much feminized. Mm -hmm. Men are wanting to be women. They're, yeah. they're aspiring not to be men anymore. And they're wanting to be women, to be transgender. Some men remain in, remain immature as boys. Yeah. They want to shirk their responsibilities so they can indulge their hobbies and their, and their likes, you know, they, whether it's video games yeah. or it can be even like things like hunting or it could be yeah. sports. It could be woodworking there. If, if yeah, things if, that we would those call things manly are things are not bad, right? But if we are, putting those things over the priority of the other things we need to do in our right. family and in our life then we're acting like boys yeah exactly we're not that acting is, like men
0: yes because what you're doing is you're putting yourself first men when you put yourself first you're not being a man and gosh that is hard to say um, when we put ourselves first we are not being men we're being boys right but when we put our wives first when we put our children first and especially first of all when we put God first, that's when we're being men. That's right.
1: Yeah. And I have to say, I've seen this so many times. Guys, we've got to step up and take responsibility for our families. We Listen, our wives are not our moms. Right. Okay. So do not, do not... Think of your wife as your mom. She's Absolutely not there not. to take care of you. Right. Now, we in marriage do, we serve one another, we care for one another, but do not look to your wife. D- don't be, you know, my son, my littlest son, he needs help. He needs help fixing his food, mm-hmm. he needs help wiping himself <laughs> after going to the bathroom. You know,
0: I know where you're going with this. <laughs> he needs help
1: bathing himself. Mm-hmm. You know, we as men need to be able to care for ourselves. In fact, we need to step up and serve our families. We can't come home and expect to be served in every way and in everything. Now, if your wife loves to serve you and wants to, that's great. But the expectation should be that I'm a man. If I need to fix my food, I will fix my food and and I'll cook dinner for the whole family. You know, the point is, is not that though. You may be a terrible cook. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The point is that, our wives are not our mothers right? and we can't, we must grow up
0: and do the things that we need to do. Yep. They're not our moms. They're not our servants. They're our teammates, you know, that's right. Like we work together and that's the thing, ladies, you know, I, I hope you're still with us. Um, but ladies, uh, one of the things that I see in the world is there's a lot of women who don't want men to be men. Um, ladies, if you're married, want your man to be a man. And that doesn't mean nag him to be a man. You know, you might have to have conversations, though. Um, I think most women want their man to I think be a you're man.
1: probably right. And I think the men... I think listeners, our listeners probably I th- do. I think the men just need to step up and do it. I,
0: gu- I agree with that. But I'm I'm just saying, I, in the I, world I today, understand. I see it a lot. And, and my wife and I talk about this a lot. So this is kind of me speaking from her perspective. like like, And this is one of the things I love about my wife. And she actually helps me in this. When I don't want to be a man, she... Uh, <laughs> Makes it clear that I need to be, mm-hmm. and then sometimes she has to say things that are encouraging well, and gentle. Right, be a man, and sometimes she has to say things that are like, "Brian, be a man." Right, but listen, I'm like, okay. behind every <laughs> behind every
1: strong woman is a strong man. Yeah, right. I heard this. I heard this story the other day about uh, a a group of people were out at a crocodile farm, and the guy said, "Anyone that jumps," the the guide says, "Anyone that jumps in the the, the lake here with the crocodiles, I'll give him a million dollars." And no one's jumping in. All of a sudden, this guy just jumps in. And he's like, wow, that's the first time. I've never seen anybody do that. He gets out, and he's like, oh, I didn't jump. My wife My pushed push- me. Yeah,
0: yeah. You said, yeah. So what you're saying is behind every every strong man is a strong woman. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. And that is that is true. And and that's the thing. But it's a teamwork thing. Right. And so we're not getting into that so much, as, but simply to say, men, be a man. Be a man. Paul says, the Bible, God says it. This is yeah. God's word. Do you know one of the other things <laughs> I really hate
1: about this, and, I, and I'll jump off of this here, is I okay. hate the stereotype of like the TV dad.
0: Oh, You yeah. know, the goofy, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: inept uh, dad. Like, listen, I like to have fun. I like to be goofy. But listen, there's a time and a place for that. But I hate when it seems like the dad never has a leadership role in his family. He's always, his wife has to be his mom. He always has to... um the wife always has to be the serious one and do the discipline and all those types. Like that is not a biblical view of what a, a husband and a father and a man is supposed to be. Yeah. And so I don't think we need to look to television because that's just looking for laughs. They're looking right. for, for something that's funny on TV, but we, as men, we can be goofy and silly, but we also, there needs to be a time where we step up and take responsibility for our life, take responsibility for our family. So we need to
0: act Like Like a man. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And guys, we know. Okay. So some of you maybe are hearing this and you're just like, yeah, okay. But that's really hard. Hey, yeah, we know. And you know what? My father-in-law and my dad have said things to me before. It's like, yeah, it is. That's about it. That's right. (laughs) It is hard. And so we're not saying, hey, you know, it's not hard. Just do it. We're saying it is hard. Go to Jesus. Right. Because he says, my burden is light. Like right. He's the one who makes us able to do these That's things. Right. So go to Jesus. He's the right. real man. He makes you act like a man.
1: Yeah. And the last two things kind of go together. It says, be strong and let all be done. Let all you do be done in love. So mm-hmm. once again, we see those two things. Yep. Strength and counter- love. Counterbalancing each yeah. other. We're called to be strong. Of course, men can have physical strength, but it's also, it's also being the rock, being the strength in your family, being emotionally strong, taking responsibility, getting the job done. But we Mm -hmm. don't have that strength in ourselves,
0: right? Right, right. That's exactly what we're getting at because, you know, you could hear this and be like, that is so overwhelming and an impossible task. Yeah, it is because you are a fallen man, but in Christ, you are a redeemed man. And Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, can empower you to be strong. And when you are weak, he is strong. That's right. And when you are weak, you have brothers in in Christ who have your back. Mm -hmm. And when you are weak, you have godly women on your side. When yep. you're weak, you have the church. And that's why all of these things go together. And you can be strong. Right. You can love. You can be a man. We draw our
1: strength from God's spirit. And if you read through the Bible and you see what God's spirit did and how, how the Holy Spirit enacted interacted with people, that's when they got the courage. That's when they got yes. the strength. That's and, and, and even the Holy Spirit was the power to raise Jesus from the dead. Right. That's the same. The Holy Spirit, he is in us. We have strength and power. One of my most favorite verses is God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and self-control. Amen. The Holy Spirit does not will not cause us to fear, but we will be able to stand firm. We will get we will get strength. We will be able to be strong in the Lord. That's right. So, guys, if you're struggling with this strength,
0: mm-hmm. with
1: I'm not talking physical strength, I'm talking, right. I'm talking spiritual strength, emotional strength. I'm talking if you're if you're struggling with that. Pray to God for right. the Spirit to fill you and to have the strength of His Spirit to live your life. Yeah,
0: something that I recently heard or thought of, I'm not really sure, was this idea, like, fear is natural. And so, guys, we're not saying that you're never going to be afraid, you're never going to be weak. Fear is natural, but faith is supernatural. Right. And that's, that's the thing, awesome. it comes from God. And so we're not saying you got to get this out of your own self. No, we're saying go to God mm-hmm. and he will make you strong and so everything Brian was saying there is just a hundred percent true and I really think one of the hardest things to do is to love mm-hmm. I really think that is the heart it's the greatest commandment to love God yes. it's also the most impossible thing to do unless Jesus changes your heart right
1: he ends it on this note let all you be uh, let all you do be done in love so after all the strength and the be like mm-hmm. men and the, mm-hmm. grr, you know, yeah. it, we're called to, to love. love. We're called to love like Jesus. And this is a strong love. We're called to love our family our friends, our coworkers, yeah. our church. We're even called to love our enemies.
0: Yes. Wow. Yeah.
1: And so we must uh, <laughs> love must be the banner that we yeah. carry as godly men. And all we do, love is going to be the defining factor of a godly man.
0: Dude, don't you don't you just admire men who can be this way? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think of men from the past from history that you just admire? I mean, ultimately they're all just pictures of who Jesus is and you just think about jesus and he is just the most admirable amazing man that ever walked the planet well you
1: think about a man like william tyndale who is burned at the stake for for creating a english version of the bible and he says let the eyes of the king be opened i mean he's praying for the king Who's While, ordered
0: him to be executed. Yeah, what a man.
1: And I think about that. And I think he was filled with love from God for the pe- for, for the lost people of the
0: world. That is something that I am I am praying that God would help me with. Because mm-hmm. I think that the world, uh, I think we are amassing enemies. Mm-hmm. And we have to love our enemies. Um, but we have to be men. Even
1: when they're <laughs> hurt, going to hurt you or kill you. Yeah. 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 So this is what manhood is is all about. It's about discovering your identity found only in the Creator, coming to grips with your sin, but being redeemed by Christ and living a life of sacrifice and service to Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's manhood.
0: manhood. That that's what it's all about. It's it's actually not being a, a, about being uh, the best husband, or being a, an amazing father, or you know, doing all of these things, or being super good at some skill that people yeah, think yeah, we're going to talk about
1: those things. But of but husband and father does not define us as, as men. men, especially right. as godly
0: <laughs> men. Jesus was not a husband or a father, so that's something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, we live out our manhood in light of the gospel, and that is what being a godly man is all about. We need to have the courage, courage Mm -hmm. enough to stand up and be godly men. And I love this quote because Billy Graham once said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. Mm. So if we could get some men to help us to stand up together, other men would rally to this and they will stand up and we will gather strength and courage as God's people together. Yes,
0: yes. So guys, if you're listening and you are a part of our church, uh, we just ask that you would pray alongside of us that we ourselves would be men, that we would be able to stand firm in the faith and that we would love like Christ loves. And so um, we need to do this together. Uh, Ladies, if you're listening, um, pray for the men, pray for the men of your church, pray for the men in your lives and uh, ask God to give you opportunities to help them live this out.
1: Amen. That's good. Good stuff. So next week we are going to dive into what it means to be a godly husband. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to look at that and we've got a few more weeks in this series, but I just, I'm encouraged and I hope you are as well because we just, uh, you know, I'm preaching at people, but also at ourselves. ourselves. We're being encouraged. I know this this is really
0: just for, you know, for us. (laughs) So anyways, thanks for listening this week. We'll We'll see you you next time.
1: Yes. Um, I do
0: agree. I think John Wayne. I once
1: worked with a man for three years and never got to know his name. Best friend I ever had. <laughs>
0: yeah. Does that not embody men right there? Yeah.
1: Best friend I ever had. <laughs> I for a man. It's like, I, w- I wish you luck, but I believe luck is a concept created by the weak <laughs> to explain their failures. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. Oh,
0: oh man. Swanson. What's the one where he says, he says, uh, I on principle I don't I make it I make it my aim to never do something that somebody else wants me to do. <laughs> Is that what he said? And then he's like, yeah, it's something like that. And then he's like, that's why, in my was it his first wedding or whatever, he's like, it took it took a solid thirty minutes of when the when the priest said repeat oh, after me. Oh, for me to yeah, for me to do, yeah yeah I remember that now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: give a man a fish and feed him for a day. Don't teach a man to fish and feed yourself. He's a grown man and fishing's not that hard. <laughs> I love that one. He's a grown man and
0: fishing's not that hard. (coughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man.